Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is uh, this is Jeremy Evans with the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Today is Monday, August twenty sixth, and uh, today we have a special guest, Sophia Beltran, who works at uh, the NFL Network and is their um, manager of media affairs. She is a personal friend and a wonderful person and somebody that uh, I love to chat with and, uh, and spend time with and, um, and somebody that I, that I also look up to and has been a terrific uh, a friend in the industry. So I've given a little bit of uh, a brief little background on Sophia there, or at least with her title. So I'm going to introduce her now as part of the 15 Minutes of uh, Fame session for this podcast, Episode 8. So, Sophia, um, welcome to the show. Uh, if you could give a little background on yourself, uh, what you do, and, uh, and then maybe get going to how you got your start in sports. Thanks a lot, Jeremy, for that warm welcome and lovely introduction. So, as you mentioned, I am the manager of Media Affairs, which is kind of a hybrid between business affairs and legal at the NFL Network and NFL Media Campus in Culver City, California. So I will jump right into your first question about how I got started into sports. Um, so growing up, I loved sports. I participated in every sport you can imagine, uh, including playing a lot of football growing up. I had a mean arm as a kid. <laughs> I spent an unhealthy amount of time watching ESPN as a teenager. And I also was the sports editor and photographer for my high school newspaper. So I lived in Texas for many years uh, where, as you know, football is basically religion out there. But growing up, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I would have a career in the sports field. So I got my break into sports, uh, really, you could say by accident. So for law school, I went to UCLA and I went there specifically for their food law and policy program. But I was having a really tough time um, my first and second year of law school trying to break directly in-house to those types of food corporations because most of those jobs, unbeknownst to me at the time, were reserved for attorneys that had many years of litigation experience and experience period, which uh, clearly I did not have yet. So I, I knew um, after working for a federal judge that I did not want to go down the litigation route and instead I wanted to be a transactional attorney. So I ended up taking a course at my law school that is called the Sports Law Clinic. And it had the reputation of being a very, very challenging class, but one of the best courses the school had available. And it gave students opportunities to work directly with teams like the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Kings, and in sponsorship deals, uh, doing a lot of negotiating and learning, of course, about how that relates to the world of law for court cases having to do with, for example, like the um, the NCAA and things of that nature. So I ended up doing really well in that class. And with the encouragement of my wonderful professor, Steve Darian, I applied to some positions in the field and ended up getting some offers. I had to make the choice between the NFL or a, a big sports agency. And I ended up going with the NFL for my internship. And that turned into from a summer internship to an extended seven-month contract period that I was working while finishing up my last semester of law school. And then I came back after graduating and have been here since. Oh, that's awesome. 
So it's so funny. Like you, uh, I was laughing. I had, I had it on mute, but you talked about your strong arm and uh, that's so cool. Watching ESPN. I mean, we, we should have been best friends growing up. <laughs> Watching sports I was quite all the day. I think I was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I put the hurt on some of the other boys that didn't want me to play football. But um, <laughs> but you know that is that's that's not my deal. That's their deal. And pardon me for that noise. Right, that's all good. <laughs> um, and then of course you and I are both fellow Bruins, so we've got that in common. And uh, that's it's it's so great to hear uh, the background there and sort of how you got your start. Sophia, if you could tell me a little bit uh, about your sort of uh, your work at the NFL network and what you're currently doing there. Cause it seems like a lot of stuff that you're doing there is pretty fascinating. Sure. I'd be happy to. So um, the type of work I'm doing, well, it's, um, I think a better question sometimes is what don't you do? Because I feel lately like I do it all. So I was, I'm uh, formerly there were, I was part of a three person team. We're three musketeers here and both of my bosses have since departed. So I'm the last remaining musketeer kind of holding things down in the interim. So what I do is I represent the NFL and its media platforms in various complex business and legal transactional agreements relating to production, talent, operations, digital media, our personnel, uh, various acquisitions that we uh, undertake, all of our on-air and digital programming, various vendor and service agreements, waivers and consents. Uh, development of new content, licensing of footage um, and music, various clearances, insurance issues, marketing, uh, the post-production of entertainment content, and a partridge in a pear tree. I keep, uh, <laughs> I basically do all the different agreements that come in that keep our campus and both our linear cable offerings and our digital operations running. Um, and every day is a new set of challenges. I love helping all the teams I support execute their creative dreams of getting football and all of its different facets to our fans through powerful storytelling and through all different types of cutting edge technology that we employ here. Well, that's great. I appreciate the quote that you threw in there too. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about uh, sort of what you feel like the future of entertainment, media, and sports looks like to you, maybe some industry trends, um, and sort of how the uh, NFL is sort of uh, instituting or implementing some of those trends. Certainly. So something that I think most other big media corporations, and I think a lot of people have their finger on the pulse of, is that content creation and the distribution of content has really been democratized everyone and anyone can do it just you know with a with a cell phone really um and also what's changing in my field um is kind of like the amount of screens that people have access to versus like when you and i were kids there was like pretty much one screen in our household and that was controlled by probably our parents now everyone has access to screens multiple screens and have so many different options to digest content so back when we were younger, football was the dominant media content on traditional TV on Sundays. And as digital media has really taken over people's time, there are just so many more offerings that people can choose from. So for the NFL, or really any company, to be relevant and dominant, uh, they're going to have to continue to evolve on how it's created and what methods it's being distributed. Um, I can use our players for an example with this. We have over 500 players in the league. And they actively work with us 
and we create and give them content to share on their individual channels. So the content that we share through our NFL owned and operated channels versus like what a player would share through their own channel is generally far more engaging through the player's channels because they have a more authentic relationship to their fans. Um, So that's something that I think is happening with social media. It's not just a handful of brands per se that that we are all interfacing with, but individuals who are brands on their own, the identity as a brand. So if to give you just some numbers about that, our players have about 700 million collective followers. Our clubs have about 350 million and our NFL league account proper has 50 million. So our players create the opportunity for us to distribute content on a much wider scale than the league channel proper and at a higher and more meaningful magnitude. So pardon me. So we can do things like, like create packages and help facilitate some of our star players like OBJ, for example, and have content created for them. So right after games that they can share content and engage with their fans. So that's, that's to, to kind of wrap that up. I do think that, yeah, everyone now is realizing that you are a brand. I am a brand. You, Jeremy, are a brand. Our players are a brand. And how people get, how they interact with the people that they admire in any facet of life is, is really changing and making people a lot more accessible. So that's very exciting. And being adaptive uh, to that is something that is very much on our radars here at NFL Media. That's very cool. Um, yeah, so it kind of seems like there's a lot more personalized content, a lot more personalized access to that content. I remember I was at a presentation by Stan Kasten, the uh, president mm-hmm. of the Dodgers, and he made this – he's had this quote where he said something like, I don't want to just reach, you know, one you know, one person or, uh, you know, on, on one platform. I want to reach that same person on, you know, 15 platforms you know, your phone, your iPad, everything else. And so there are times where I even catch myself watching a game on the iPad, following a score on my phone and watching Netflix on the TV. I think we're all guilty of that nowadays. You know, we have multiple things going on and depending um, what seasons of what sports are overlapping, for example, or if there's like some big trade negotiations going on, you know, yeah, everyone is able to follow things in real time and have multiple screens up. So it's that's pretty exciting. This is not something that, you know, I'm sure if you think back to when you and I were kids, like that was just something that is that was inconceivable, you know, a decade or two ago. And here we are, everything's at our fingertips and right away. And that's our expectation now. And the expectation of our, uh, of all the younger generations that are growing up now that this is their reality. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how this all plays out. No, I agree. So um, if you could talk a little bit about, you know, Super Bowl 54 is coming up in Miami in uh, 2020. Do you have any involvement with the Super Bowl? I mean, obviously you do, um, you know, with, with, with the media aspect. Can you maybe talk a little bit about your involvement with that and sort of, um, sort of what you're kind of planning, obviously without uh, giving away the giving away the farm. But yeah, no, if you could talk a little so bit I, about uh, that. Yeah, to be honest, I really can't give too many details at all about that. But I will just let you know generally that what I'm working on at this point, um, as we are, what, 21 days before kickoff, I work with all of our teams here to help procure all the spaces that we're going to broadcast out of to make sure that all of the just hundreds of people that it takes to, on our end, to put the show on and to broadcast it 
and cover it, that all of the logistics that go behind that from, you know, just getting them over there to where they're going to stay, all the equipment, things like that. Um, that's what I um, am and have been working on for some time. And this year is the NFL's 100th season. So that is going to be, that is going to be quite the show. I definitely recommend tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, for sure. Um, well, it's just so interesting. Cause like I, I wrote an article on this, uh, this week and it was all about like how much, um, money cities spend in terms of, you know, hosting major mm -hmm. events like that. And it is such a, such a huge production. So, um, moving to, uh, our final question and let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial spirit and how that helps your current sort of job and where you think that might take you in the future. And I know that you're really passionate about this. So, uh, myself and I know the listeners are going to, uh, obviously going to love uh, your response to uh, to the question. Thanks so much. So, I I know that you're asking this part this question for a little bit of two parts. So, full disclosure, as you and I know, but our listeners may not. So, in addition to working for the NFL during law school and uh, post law school, I was also building my own startup company. So, I am the co-founder and former chief operations officer for Smart Ag Technologies which um, is a bio ag tech startup which manufactured hardware and software that monitored beehive health conditions in commercial farm settings. And for people out there who, I guess, generally watch the news, you are probably aware by now that bees are dying and have been dying for the past decade at alarming rates. So the purpose of my company was to go in and help treat those uh, beehive health conditions, specifically in commercial farm settings, and try and help provide some sustainability and answers and data capturing to farmers and scientists and beyond to keep our global food system stable. So I have since exited uh, from that endeavor, uh, but gosh, like that, that and in tandem with all the different scope of work that I do at the NFL really helped me understand how things start from the ground up and in really more sophisticated logistical ways. Um, that <laughs> my startup endeavor took me all the way to Australia and China last year where I was living for several months, which is where uh, my principal investor had an accelerator program uh, for other startup companies as well who had hardware components to their ventures. So mashing both of those things together, I feel like just you know, was the perfect crucible, a little alchemic crucible for me to really, really expand my mind out of what I think most people traditionally, or rather previously traditionally thought was the career trajectory that someone had. Um, nowadays, like, I really think that people see that the world is your oyster, and it's not uncommon for people to do some moving around both internally wherever you work and really being open to taking new opportunities, and also to looking to the globe, really. We're all, we're global citizens and connected globally and looking at opportunities, innovation and connection on just a much wider scale. And technology completely facilitates that. So with that said, when I think about myself and how much I've grown in the past few years, um, I really love the work that I do with the NFL and I look to continue to growing that on an executive level. And I also look now to... Um, provide more 
access and opportunities for people who traditionally may not receive such access and opportunities in the corporate space or in the nonprofit space. I'm really, really interested in helping diversify um, both my workplace and the workplace of other people and seeing just all, I'm, I'm very fascinated by team collaboration and how varying viewpoints really create a healthy and robust work environment. So I have another startup idea that I've been cooking that I won't reveal yet, but it kind of integrates all of those things. So uh, we'll, we'll catch up at another time and see how, how that's going. But for the interim, yeah, like I just think all these experiences that I have have really helped me be a better leader, helped me be more empathetic and understanding. It's helped me continue to be able to talk to people at, in every aspect of my job and corporations and the outside government bodies, um, anyone who has a different set of views or interests, but that I need to interact with and to look at things really in an agile way from a micro and a macro scale. Wow. No, that's great. Yeah. So I, I take it you don't want to break news on here and uh, tell us about your, your new venture. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It's still, it's still in the works, but there'll, there'll be a press release. I promise. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to have you back on, uh, you know, when, uh, It'd be a pleasure. yeah, no, that'd be cool. So Sophia, you've been great. I do appreciate your time and I know that you're busy and, um, and always enjoy chatting with you and, so for everybody out there, this was episode eight of the Believe in Sports Law podcast with our 15 minutes of fame session with uh, the wonderful Sophia Beltran from the um, NFL media, the manager of, of media affairs there. And uh, we'll look forward to being back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.